Hey everybody, and welcome back to a brand new special episode of Oh God, It Hurts! Oh God, It Hurts! <laughs> you may have detected three voices, all told, and that you would be right, and that there are three of us. Um, and we have gathered here today. Twice. It's me speaking twice. <laughs> I can do that. I'm very talented. Freak. Anyway... <laughs> Um, we are here today to discuss one of our very favorite genres that has seen a fairly intense revival, um, post-2020, um, and that would be the side-scrolling beat-em-up. Now, for those of you that might not be completely clear about what the side-scrolling beat-em-up is, um... I would say that it's the it's the one most typically denoted by um, you not only walk through some sort of landscape beating up enemies as they try to beat you up, but there's also like three dimensional movement from like the front of the screen or stage to like the back, and that's kind of what separated the genre when it really came into its own from the action games that came before that. So um, let me introduce the members of our show today. As always, we are joined by Mr. Game Agent E.T., the co-host of Oh God, It Hurts. How are you, Eddie? I'm uh, ready to go out swinging and fighting and swearing. Nice. <laughs> Because you ready I'm to eat some turkey food. off the ground? Yes. <laughs> I'm ready to eat dirty food from oil cans and trash cans and other cans that I have no idea where they came from. Mm. But I just want to punch them. But There's yes. nothing like a gleaming apple that is pulled fresh from the wreckage of a trash can. It's, it's magical. Um, also with us is the mighty, mighty, mighty Hoptimus key of the uh, retro-futurist culture and the adult gamer podcast, uh, Sir Optimus, how are you? I'm fantastic, sir. I'm super excited because I love beat-em-ups. I'm yes. so excited to talk about this with you guys. Yeah. Now, uh, we've been talking about uh, dipping into this one for a while now. Um and there's a lot, it's weird because when I started really looking at like the different sort of proto games that make the genre and then the sort of bigger franchises that are pretty long running now, it's kind of interesting. Like there seems to be a relatively high, like failure rate amongst companies that try to do this style of game. Like it seems like not a lot of them really endure and are successful like i would say if you had to look at it as a ratio like and this is purely like bullshit speculation it could be it could be proven wrong by data but there's probably more successful one-on-one fighting games than there have been side-scrolling beat-em-ups i think by some measure it's actually more difficult it might be to create a really good side-scrolling beat-em-up than it is like a one-on-one fighter. Uh, what do you, what do y'all think? Uh, I think 
You could be right on that because beat em ups are a little bit more delicate when it comes to making things feel right. Um, mm -hmm. uh, since uh, this is a, a beat em up theme, uh, I just want to say beforehand that I'm a huge fan of Double Dragon. And mm -hmm. there was a game that came out recently called Double Dragon Gaiden. Mm -hmm. And uh, I got this yeah. game. Uh, <laughs> but, um, uh, they're, they, they've been doing a good job promoting this game, mm -hmm. which is great. I mean, yeah. it's one of the games that are featured in uh, Evo 2023. So you'll mm -hmm. see a lot of commercials for it. Like uh, by the time you hear this, it's it'll be like two weeks later. But um uh, I won a code from Twitter because there were so many people that were saying, hey, uh, if you retweet this, uh, you get a chance to win a code. And I won one for my birthday. Mm -hmm. And I was so excited. So uh, when I started playing, though, um, it felt kind of strange because, well, Double Dragon Gaiden doesn't really play like Double Dragon. Mm -hmm. uh, as I mentioned before in a previous episode, and I believe Optimus was on as well with us, um, there's a company called Secret Base that brought out Double Dragon Gaiden, and they made a game called Streets of Red. And Double Dragon Gaiden, is, it feels pretty much like Streets of Red, but with Double Dragon characters. Mm -hmm. And... It doesn't really capture the spirit of the true game. It's just like, if you didn't know what Streets of Red was, then you'll say, oh, okay, cool. That's like a different take, but it's... Almost feels like a reskin. Yeah, if that's hmm. what it feels like. And not only that, just there are some things that this is what I'm trying to get at. There were some things that felt weird, like... Mm -hmm. They didn't really work on it too much, like to make it seamless. Like uh, the game is all about crowd control, and if you happen to knock out three to five characters at once, every time there's going to be like a logo that pops up with like a food icon, and it says like "awesome" or "great stuff" or something like that, and it's it pauses the action for one or two seconds, and that's mm. something that really takes you out of your like. Beat Your up flow is interrupted. Yeah, yeah, and, and that—that's a huge example of how delicate things are with beat 'em ups compared to fighting games. Where, I mean, I think in general, like uh, those type of things are hard to make seamless in games, but in beat 'em ups, it's really—it's even more jarring for me, at least. Yeah. Stuff like that. I don't know, Optimus. What do you think? Yeah, I mean that would be distracting for sure <laughs> yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't think i would appreciate that so um yeah it has many more stuff like that but yeah <laughs> yeah i'll save that for another time <laughs> i don't know it's interesting when something like that sort of takes you out of a game because i can remember even though i completely love both samurai showdown one and two the nature in which like if you land like a big old gnarly like a sea slash and there's that sort of dramatic pause when the character is hit. I remember when I initially started playing the game, I was like, that kind of drives me crazy. Like, why does it do that? And eventually, like, I don't even think about it now. Like, it doesn't even occur to me. And I appreciate it for, like, 
the giant sort of dramatic nod that it represents to samurai movies, which admittedly I was nowhere near as familiar with at the time. But it's very interesting when you start talking about like the psychology of a game and like what keeps the energy, you know, like a player's focus and excitement, like high with a game like that. Yeah. Um, with fighters and beat em ups, you don't want to interrupt the flow. Right. Uh, kind of like a cardinal sin. Uh-huh. To me. No, but, for sure. Um, uh, Optimus, keep keep talking. <laughs> I want to hear your opinion. <laughs> Sorry. No, I mean I totally agree with you. That's that's the flow state is really the the beat 'em ups that I enjoy the most are the ones where the flow state is constant and there's not interruptions in either level design or poor game mechanics or clunky game mechanics or you know things of that aspect like the best beat-em-ups to me are the ones that are kind of addicting where you're like if i can do this combo one more time or i can nail this move or i can see what the next level is or what can i do here oh i unlock this um secret ability how do i use it kind of thing if I can get to the next food and killed off the right. boss of yeah, this game without dying. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> no, that's definitely, it's a really critical part of like the secret sauce with those games and well, how they work. Well, D- Double Dragon uh, traditionally never had food though, but it's weird it's that true. Double Dragon Gaiden does have food. Well, and, and correct yeah. me if I'm wrong, because both of you, I and mean, we've all studied a little bit of, of Japanese, but Gaiden literally means like side, side story. story. That's why I don't not, take it seriously. Like, it's because... not canon. It's not part of <laughs> yeah. the Double Dragon like storyline as told by American Technos or Technos Japan or whoever. It's its, its own little side game. Um, I was kind of looking forward to that. And then watching videos i was like Ugh, i was kind of like down then with the no online co-op i was like well no nah, i think i'm well, gonna pass they, they said they're gonna add online co-op later but okay in its defense and this is kind of like another thing that kind of irked me this game has a run button but they don't tell you about the run button and how to play like there's a how to play little part in the game. Like you click on it and then it tells you the the major stuff, but it never mentions the run button. And I was like, That's God, weird. this game is so slow. But, but then, you mentioned like, the gameplay improved once you found it, right? Yeah. Because not only can you actually move faster, but also when you do a combo, you can hit and hold the run button go towards to actually run cancel. So you can mm. continue your combo a lot better than if you were completing your combo. And because you're finishing your animation, it would be stuck in that animation. But with the run button, you can cancel it and move again. So you can do more stuff. And you actually get more attacks or moves. Like, not many, but a few more to uh, make it a little bit more spicy. So if they advertised this... I think more people would have like initially been like, "Oh yeah, that's a cool concept," but I don't know. So I don't know. It even just strikes me like conceptually is like a little bit odd. Like, I guess the first thing that hits my brain when I hear "run button" for like a beat 'em up 
as I think Mortal of like Kombat. right. Three. Yeah. Not very so common, I don't know. Right? Yeah, I mean it's not very common, and I, I guess I think like if you were going to have like a dash function or something of that effect in a game like that, like why wouldn't you just do like the double tap, like Streets of Rage three or Final Vendetta or any beat 'em up since right. Yeah. 1994. Curious. <laughs> yeah, this game could have benefited from. I mean, Neo Geo was like the master of this, like uh, SNK. But Neo Geo games, every time they show you a how to play, it would show you right. like that little slow video that would be like 30 minutes to a minute. I mean, 30 seconds to a minute. And right. it'd be super clear. This game really needed it. No, that's interesting. Um, yeah, I I don't know. Like, I, I still haven't gotten my hands on the game yet. I'm probably not all that motivated to because, like, you're the, Eddie, you're the biggest Double Dragon fan I know. And, like, if you're not, like, blown if away not, by it. If it's not blown up your skirt, I don't know uh, if we're that interested. It, it's got a few interesting things. Like, uh, the run button do, does make it a little bit more challenging, a little bit more fun. But basically, overall, it's not a very... Pa- a packaged like complete package it, it feels like oh, they could have done this or could have done that but that's the life feel of as awful. Dragon man. <laughs> yeah mm. uh, I can I can tell you a little bit more later but yeah that's that's yeah. my my uh, double dragon fan life in the nutshell <laughs> unfortunately well I think the most important thing we can probably dip into given our own personal histories is like what was the first game that we encountered from this genre that just absolutely like, you know, punched us right in the chin and just made you go, Oh my God, like I love this game and I love this style of game and I want to play more of it. Eddie, we're pretty sure where you're going to go with this. So why don't you talk a little bit about your initial contact with. All right. Double dragon. Peter Piper Pizza, a chain uh, that that is uh, very famous in Arizona. Uh, that was one of the games I saw. And before that, there weren't any games where you could really, you know, have this action that you would see in a martial arts theater where uh, <laughs> uh, there was a channel, uh, Channel 40 in Tucson, where uh, they had martial Kung arts. Kung Fu Theater. Yes, Kung Fu Theater. Not martial arts. UHF, theater. baby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you were a kid growing up in Tucson in the 80s, you would watch that all the time and see all these Hell kung yeah. fu movies. Subtitled very bad. Uh, I mean, dubbed very badly, but so fun, full of action. And Double Dragon was it, man. Like, it was like one of the loudest games in the arcade. It had really beefy sound effects, awesome music. And the dudes are so cool. Like, you had these you know, guys that look like straight out of Mad Max. And uh, it was just fun to, like, punch and kick people. And the hair pull, the elbow punch, and all these cool martial arts moves. It it was just amazing to see back in the day, and that got me hooked. Um, I mean, nowadays, it's kind of like how I always say it's like a Voltron type of experience where it's not as glamorous as it was back in the day when you're younger, where you see like these little details or little things that 
you kind of cringe at now, like a Double Dragon 1 and 2 for the arcade. It's a lot slower now if you play it now compared to back then, like when there wasn't much to compare with. But yeah, it's pretty slow. But it's still was, near and dear to my heart. Of course. No, yeah. I can remember the first time I encountered that game was actually at the original space shuttle location um, that was on Speedway. And I remember the friend that I went to the arcade with, he and I just both proceeded to dump like maybe six or seven dollars a piece into it. You know, just giving it like the old fashioned quarter munching. I just want to see the end of this game sort of thing. And like, I remember it stood out and it was a huge hit. Like people were always playing that game. Um, but it wasn't one of those things that like really like left like a, like a huge crater on my soul yet to that point. That would be a different game that would come by a little later. Optimus, what was the game in this genre that really like left an impact for you? Man, I, I, I think it, it it might be Double Dragon, but I also think it might be Renegade on mm. the uh, NES. Now, I, I remember playing the Double Dragon arcade game, mm-hmm. but I remember renting Renegade for the NES and getting kind of hooked on that game. Right. Like, there was just something about the fighting and back-kicking dudes and riding motorcycles, and I was like, this is cool. Mm-hmm. Like, um... And then I also remember my cousin got Double Dragon, the NES port, right when it came out. And we would just take turns. And the the music on the NES port was so fun and melodic and it stuck in your head. Mm-hmm. And you just wanted to play more, you know. And, yeah, there was something about those original beat-em-ups that were charming in a way that some games figured out later and some games didn't but mm-hmm. yeah I, I i i was racking my brain going man what was the first one where i really got kind of hooked and i it, it's either renegade or double dragon but i remember renting renegade twice and really having a lot of fun with it which was from taito well and, and it's Technos, also important right? to recognize that yeah those are both technos games yeah and renegade um, came before double dragon renegade was right. supposedly the very first beat em up which I also love as well. That that was another Peter Piper Pizza Pistol Pete uh, regular game that I would always play. Yeah, and so both of those games influenced a game later in the genre that would go on to become probably <laughs> one of the biggest, most influential games made by the same company. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, no, I remember Renegade being for rent everywhere. Um, anywhere that rented NES games, yeah, <laughs> there was always a copy of Renegade in that stash. Um, I remember that because, cool illustration. Yeah, the guy uh, like thrust kicking that other guy to the to the pit. Of no, the, I remember that was pretty omnipresent. I mean, there were Taito made like a huge dent in the NES library early on. I mean, between that Bubble Bobble you know, Sky Shark, like, 
there was a lot of reasons to play Taito games on the NES. Um, now, I got to be fully forthcoming here. Like, even though I played Double Dragon, I dug it, and it became just a huge thing on the NES. Like, everybody and their mother ran out and bought a copy of Double Dragon for NES. Right. <laughs> or Double Dragon 2. Um, like, I can remember playing it and being deeply disappointed that it wasn't two players. <laughs> and you had to um, level up, too. Like, you had to earn your moves. Yeah, that part sucked. <laughs> yeah. The no two players. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I remember we were annoyed because we would go to the arcade one and it was two players. Yeah. Well, obviously, this is the era when, like, any sort of arcade port to NES had to undergo some pretty drastic surgery. And it was either, like, they were going to live by the arcade gameplay and you're just going to suffer through some sacrificed visuals or, like, a lot of Capcom games, they wound up integrating, like, these completely different gameplay elements to make it, like, a fundamentally different experience. Um, So there was a lot of compromise with those games, and, you know, I was always, like, this giant stickler for, like, I wanted arcade perfect ports of everything because I was a 13-year-old little jackass who didn't understand why, why can't that look like that? You know what I mean? Like you're talking about your Ninja Gaiden. Well, yeah, oh I mean, <laughs> very much in the or same. Strider. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Strider on NES was terrible. <laughs> hey, hey, whoa, 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 it was the same thing. It was thing. in the arcade. It was its and own thing, and it was yeah, really good. Was, that's why I was mad, because it wasn't the arcade, <laughs> which I love. But now that I look at it, I'm like, yeah, it was all right. It, it was pretty good, but I was Well, I mean, that's also the same way that I came around to really love Ninja Gaiden for NES. It was like, I was so enamored of that coin-op. Yeah, because like it was a it really was pretty coin up. The same I mean, thing. I played the Ninja Gaiden coin up first, which is a beat 'em up, and I was mm-hmm. like, "This is fucking cool!" And it had the button on the joystick, which was really just another button. But for some reason, having a button on the joystick felt different than some of the other games. It did. It felt more more like like it was more of a thoughtful choice somehow. And when you died, it had that cool animation where the you were like, yeah, and you were like yeah. if you didn't put in another quarter, your guy like got massacred by uh-huh. that giant saw blade. It was yeah. intense, man. And I loved it. And then that's another game where my cousin got the NES port first. And when I first played it, I was like, what the fuck is this? But after an hour, we yeah. couldn't stop playing. I think my cousin and my brother and I took turns and we beat Ninja Gaiden 1 that night. We stayed up like you sixteen one hours. Night? Oh my god! Yes, we couldn't stop playing it. There was enough Coca Cola and Doritos to power through that in the eighties. Wow, <laughs> that's excellent. I but, remember when we got to like Jackie, we were just like ah, losing our damn minds. I know that took me a year to beat that game because it got frustrating, and I took several months off. But yeah, I'm. You just uh, have amazing. to you have to dial those patterns down. Dude, with we got such to the point precision. where we can blow through the first three stages without even a blink, without losing a life, like finding all the mm-hmm. best weapons. Like that's how those games were back then. Mm-hmm. It's like 
It's like, all right, you gotta you gotta maintain the fire wheel at right. this particular part, or else you're gonna be fucked. You know, right? Don't um, pick up this other power up. You gotta keep going. So, in thinking about beat 'em ups and this episode, uh, I've spoken many times with both of you and on this show ad nauseum about how much I love Final Fight. And I realized that the very first time I went to Sam's place, which was the arcade in the basement of the U, um, that being the student union at the University of Arizona, was the first time that I encountered Final Fight. And I remember just being like... I had already seen Forgotten Worlds and uh, Strider and Ghouls and Ghosts by that point. So I knew that like Capcom games were like really pretty games, especially the stuff that they were doing on CPS one. But I was not prepared for just how, what an impact the feeling of that gameplay would have on me. The fact that like, you could grab an opponent and toss him into a pile of other opponents and it would have this incredible weight and speed to it. Like that just left such an imprint on me. I mean, I was like legitimately dazzled by that game in a way that like is among probably like the top 5% of like gaming experiences I've ever had. Like that just really like, it left a footprint in my ass that can, that is still yeah. there to this day. Uh, I so. don't. I don't argue about that at all. Some of the be- most beautiful character design I've seen, and some of the most uh, nice, uh, beautiful backdrops. Just, I mean, music was the, great. The music, the color choices. I mean, it's wild now to be playing Street Fighter Six in the year of our Lord, 2023. And if you dip into the um, world tour mode on that game, there are more homages to final fight in that thing. Like there's a giant statue of Hagar in the center of the city. Like, well, and (laughs) as a side note, I mean, originally final fight was street fighter 89. Right. And it's incredible that like, because now, if you look at both of those games, if you look at Final Fight and Street Fighter 2, it's clear that there was so much work that went into making Final Fight what it was that would also pay off when they began to develop Street Fighter 2. Like, as far as... There's a the, lot of overlap, yeah, yeah. for sure. So, uh, just an unbelievably seminal game for me. Um no, I remember being blown away by that arcade machine. Like I would, I would walk out of my way an extra block on the way home to go to the Circle K that had the Final Fight machine to drop a dollar's worth of quarters and mm-hmm. see how far I could get that day. Yeah, and you know, after six months, I could clear the game on four quarters. Nice. Yeah, that, that game was hot. traditionally tough. I mean, it was. One a, a definitely a quarter muncher. Those yep. those games wanted your money really bad. Yeah, and- but even with Final Fight though, like that was the first time I saw like some really really skilled players down in Sam's place, 
And that was the first time I saw somebody do like the jab loops with either Cody or Guy mm-hmm. and just one CC that motherfucker. And so like that was even more impressive to me because you know, there was a flood of other kinds of beat 'em up games that came into the market. You had a variety of things from Sega and Konami. You had like, you know, the giant X Men cabinet. You had the first Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Crime game. Fighters. Yeah, like yeah, there were there were like a bazillion clones of those games just steadily hitting the arcades because prior to the one on one fighting game boom, that was the boom was in beat 'em ups. And, so, and, and where did this come from? Really, it really, it's interesting how the beat 'em up came about. And I really feel like the gamers were influenced by the modern martial arts movies, specifically like the Bruce Lee movie. Devil Dragon was obviously influenced by the Bruce Lee movies. Like half the characters have names from a Bruce Lee movie, right? From yeah. either Enter the Dragon or Way of the Dragon, what, a.k.a. Return of the Dragon. Right, Yeah. yeah. And then you had like Streets of Fire, which was the, I mean, you watch Streets of Fire and you play Final Fight and you're like, oh, that's where all that came from. <laughs> yeah. Right. Or the Warriors. There's a ton of influence from the Warriors on mm-hmm. Double Final Dragon. Fight Double and Dragon Double Dragon well. and another big franchise from Sega that we haven't even brought up yet, Streets of Rage. So um, it's just interesting how different medias would influence each other and the movies were giving these game designers ideas. They're like, what if we took this and made a game out of it? But, you know, we're not going to license the name of the movie. We're just going to make our own game. And it was, re- it was a really cool time. It's kind of, it kind of reminds me of the late eighties, early nineties, when you could just quote unquote sample music. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, because it I'm was sure now a lawyer around every corner, right? I'm sure at something now, and if you did something like that, there would be a copyright strike instantly, right? You know? That's no, why yeah, we and can't I mean, have Frogger anymore. And <laughs> I mean, Yuzo Kashiro and friends were definitely not shy oh, right. <laughs> harvesting any of that stuff. I mean, no, you know, I, I bought, uh, I bought Revenge of Shinobi like when it dropped and that game blew my mind for a long time. Like I think that game sat in my Genesis for at least a few months straight after I got it because it was fantastic. It also lifted from all of those things you just talked about. And then some, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, it was like they were, they were so tuned in to, western pop culture and it was really kind of a crazily fun thing to see them like interpret like our culture and our sort of perceived reality i mean seemingly in the japanese mindset like america was just like this unbelievable crime infested <laughs> hyperbolic it's not crazy place. <laughs> it is and it isn't right like i mean it's it's a uh, it's a bizarre thing to think about now because like, you know, over here on this side of the pond, you had like a lot of xenophobia then because people were freaked out that, you know, the Japanese were enjoying this incredible economic success and were getting paranoid about them, you know, buying lots of real estate here or, you know, Sony buying Columbia pictures or any number of those things. And then meanwhile, like 
their video game developers were just like feasting on things like Rambo and Terminator and, you know, serving them back up to us in some really bizarre and interesting and creative you, ways through the games. you look at uh, any Konami NES title, like um, Contra and uh, right. <laughs> Metal yeah. Gear, you Metal can see Gear. the huge influences. Yeah. yeah. No, so. totally. So, um, no, uh, the, you know, and that's been a great thing to sort of see some of those older franchises like come back in some pretty interesting, magnificent ways. Um, the last couple of years, um, I want to ask this of you guys, like what's your favorite thing going now? That's like a present day release. Uh, basically, uh, a beat up that we're enjoying right now. Like the current one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Um, uh, I guess I'll let this loose real quick because uh, I was saving it for later. But uh, people uh, should really try Ninja Saviors: Return of the Warriors because so good, that so good is how you make a remake of a SNES classic. Um, they did everything to make that game look and feel much better. Um. If you have played uh, the Ninja Warriors back in the arcade and also in the S- on the SNES, which is a different type of game, but based on the same in the same universe, um, yeah, the, uh, Return of the Warriors Ninja Saviors uh, just really awesome beat 'em up action, and not only that, it's very restricted on a 2D plane, no uh, Z axis, but yet it still plays tremendous it's just so fun to play music is great sound effects are great and i mean the combos you can make in that game are just just fun it's very intrinsic you can pick it up and can figure out oh okay this does this and then you figure out how to make some combos and it's just really 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 fun to discover stuff in that game and i had a blast playing it but no, it's a fantastic vote. remake and, you know, yeah, resurrection of it. Because it's not even it's not even a pure remake because there's a lot of added elements that definitely give it some added yeah. dimension. Um, the new characters are amazing as well. We're going to take a break now so you can hear a word from many of our fantastic peers here at the Ruminations Radio Network. You can check out all the shows, the lineups, all the magnificently talented people at ruinationsradionetwork.com. You've seen Twin Peaks all the way through, but all you have are spoiler-free discussions? At Blue Rose Task Force Podcast, no information is classified and nothing beats the listening sensation when production history collides with deep theory. Put the coffee on. Yeah. Optimus, what's your present day favorite? Man. I think I, I, I think I gotta go with Final Vendetta. Wow. I, that game has the gameplay addiction it's hard to pick between that and streets of rage 4 i love both those games very very dearly but there's something about the combat loop in final vendetta that gets my adrenaline going that streets of rage doesn't in a way okay 
it's not as safe as Streets of Rage. Like, I love Streets of Rage, but it, it gives you a little bit more. It's a little more friendly to the player, whereas Final Vendetta is a little more old school, like, if you fuck up, you're going to die. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but it, it forces you to learn the combos, the blocking, when to use this super, how do you beat this boss. It's kind of like an old school shoot 'em up in that way where you have to learn the patterns and the mechanics. It's got a killer soundtrack. Those guys just knocked it out of the park. I can't say enough good things about that game. The only negative of that whole game is it doesn't have online co-op play. God, it would be fucking killer if it had that because it's so fun. I can only imagine. I've never played it more than one player because, you know, the past few years has been this bullshit of shenanigans. So I don't get to see a lot of my friends in real life. Um, You know, maybe someday soon we can sit down and play it together. Yeah. That'd be fucking awesome. I have the game now. It's so good. I've yeah, beaten I've it. I've been playing it a little bit. Yeah. I've beaten it on on you know the base difficulty, and I'm working on the harder difficulties and learning the combos. The only character I I still can't get my head wrapped around the grappler guy. He's really slow. The other two characters I've had a ton of fun learning and figuring out their moves. Uh, the music's awesome. The whole game's just a blast. Uh, like I said, as much as I love the Streets of Rage series, Final Vendetta just, just man, it just it's so fun. Well, as far as mine, this probably won't surprise either of you, but I'm definitely gonna have to go with Streets of Rage Four. Well, yeah, it's fucking. Uh, I mean, I still play that too. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, for me, like, you know, I bought the import bare knuckle when it came out. And so I've been riding shotgun with that series ever since. And I remember when they announced Streets of Rage 4, oh, I was really skeptical. Same. I mean, I, I, 100% I just, same. Super yeah. skeptical. I was, I literally was skeptical up until the day I got to play it on Game Pass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. The and minute me, I played it, I bought it. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, I had it free on Game Pass. I was like, this is too good. I'm buying it right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for me, uh, I, I played the game for the first time at Bit Summit, and it was on a like a demo kiosk, and uh, it wasn't fully finished yet. And uh, yeah, uh, I remember it didn't it didn't really blow your skirt up at the time. No, it, it felt a little odd. And uh, my favorite character is Blaze, and it didn't feel like playing Blaze. It felt okay. like because that was the time where they changed the buttons a little. Mm. So at the time, I didn't know. I forget what it was, but there was something a little off about it. But then uh, when I played the the final version and when they updated it, I was like, "Wow, they did a great job." I mean, I think all of us were also skeptical about the look of it because it wasn't right. Yeah, it was a little bit more 100%. westernized, and. Nothing wrong. I mean, with that, it was but... interesting too because I think you know, with those very early screenshots of it, there was a lot that they did to that game in the very final leg of development, especially as far as like the lighting in the levels and you know, like some of the like they're not really like the flashiest of special effects, but it does give the entire thing like a little bit more of a feeling of depth 
I, I was recently playing it again, and I don't remember how much has changed from launch to now. Mm-hmm. But the way that engine works, and the fact that they've got like screen space reflections, it's just it, it's a amazing game from a visual standpoint. And then the fact that it the combos work as well as it does, the fact mm-hmm. that it supports two player online, four player couch co op. It works pretty seamlessly. The survival mode is addicting as hell. It's yeah, it it's a phenomenal. <laughs> I mean, if I were to tell anybody if you could only buy or play one beat 'em up for the rest of your life, Streets Rage Four would probably be it. Yeah, yeah, it's the for game those that reasons. I, I. It's the game I wish I had for Double Dragon. <laughs> oh man! Because, no. Well, at least oh. you're getting your reissue of Double Dragon Advance. Yes. That I'm looking forward to. Um, <laughs> and everyone should play that because it's going to have all the NES Double Dragon games. Uh, it's going to have Super Double Dragon that came out on Super Nintendo, and Double Dragon Advance, which huge fan of, and unfortunately Double Dragon Four. But you can always put that aside. Yay. <laughs> so don't 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 right. acknowledge it <laughs> so in true um boss rush fashion our big question is a triple pronged trident of doom um so in looking at the beat-em-up genre which game is your all-time mvp which game is your sleeper a game that you really wish more people would play, and I think some of you have already touched upon this, so that'll be an easy part of it. And what game or games of this genre would you consider overrated? So, Optimus, I want you to go first. What's your all-time MVP, your sleeper, and your overrated? Oh, all-time MVP? I gotta go Streets Rage 4 for the reasons I just mentioned. Like I said, like, if you could only buy one beat em up for the rest of your life, mm-hmm. that's the game. Right. The Sleepers, Final Vendetta. Most people are sleeping on this game. It is outrageously good with an amazing combo system. And even more than that, there's so much more to the combo system once you start to understand the mechanics of the game. Mm-hmm. It's got a kick ass soundtrack, three really fun characters, awesome level design. I mean, it's a total throwback to 90s beat em ups. Um, I think my most overrated game, and this isn't any sort of any sort of uh, viral hate or vitriol hate, but I feel like TMNT Shredder's Revenge is good, but it got super overrated, and probably because it's Ninja Turtles, which is you know a fun license, but it overshadows Streets of Rage Four and Final Vendetta. Like Final Vendetta, the poor game came out within the same week as TMNT Shredder's Revenge, which was like terrible for them, and well, the fact. The Shredder's Revenge has online co-op, which is cool. Yeah. It's a good game, but it's not as deep or as fun or as interesting as either Streets of Rage 4 or Final Vendetta. That's heavy. <laughs> Eddie, what is your all-time MVP, your sleeper, and your overrated? MVP is Double Dragon Advance. Because they oh, that game was great. Immensely improved on that formula from the original, and they blended in a few things from Double Dragon Two and Super, Super Double, Double Dragon. Dragon. Yeah, and 
the amount of moves that you can perform in that game compared to any other Double Dragon game in the series is just phenomenal. It makes it feel like you are in a Kung Fu movie. I mean, the guy who directed the game, uh, his name is Muneki Ebinuma. He's a fight choreographer. So it explains why he had such a deep knowledge of fighting, and that game is like poetry in motion. Um, unfortunately, it was on inferior hardware, the Game Boy Advance, so that's why the music isn't as good as it could have been. The graphics are really nice, and it moves pretty well. But yeah, that sound chip uh, could have been a little bit better. But what? The GB didn't even have a dedicated sound chip, which was part of the problem. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, you basically had to scrape up whatever resources were left from what whatever you were doing visually and in terms of CPU. Yeah. Like, cobble together some tunage. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't bad. I, I mean, it was, it was still very uh, fun to get into. <laughs> so that's my MVP. Well, okay. And, and your... Sleeper? Sleeper? Well, um, to be honest, uh, there is this uh, a, a, a listener that wrote us recently, and he's from Hawaii, and he was saying that uh, back in the day he would uh, play uh, bad dudes in Maui. That game was super fun in the arcade. The <laughs> NES port, not so good, but the arcade was that's what fucking he said. great. <laughs> that's what he said. The yeah. NES was terrible, but the arcade was Yeah, the arcade really- was fun, man. I used to play that all the time. Yeah, and uh, besides the really uh, uh, Johnny Turbo kind of, uh, you know, you don't want anything <laughs> to do with Johnny Turbo, but you can get it on Switch, the arcade version. But that's... Yeah, I've seen that on the Switch. I almost yeah. bought it one time when it was on sale. Yeah, but that dudes, I loved back then as well. So shout-outs to our listener for bringing that up because Mm -hmm. that's a game more people should try out i mean it's not the best in terms of you know today's standards but back then it was nice it was also one of those games where it was restricted to a 2d plane no z access and yet it was still very fun to play so that's my sleeper overrated uh i don't know how you guys feel about this but i could never get into river city ransom just the characters are just too squatty so it's hard i mean to I, think, get... I, I think it would depend on when when i played that originally right when it came out it was yeah. awesome yeah but buying the recent port that um technos ported to most modern consoles i bought it on the xbox one platform yeah it, it was hard to go back <laughs> yeah and there's so many kunio kun games right now that it's like, uh, yeah, I mean, he's a cool character, but uh, I, I just couldn't get into the gameplay. And I mean, even Double Dragon Gaiden, I'd have to admit, feels a little bit better than River City Ransom to me, but not by much. But yeah, I just don't like the small chibi characters. I like the full-grown Double Dragon, Billy and Jimmy characters in Double Dragon Advance. So that's why River City Ransom didn't really do it for me. But I know it does it for many people, especially nice. retro guys. So that's my three. <laughs> right on. So my all-time MVP is just Final Fight. Let's just keep it simple. Final Fight, 
continues to just be like this object of supreme adoration for me. But it's also really tough because Streets of Rage 4 really, really rises to that level, except, you know, with all the modern bells and whistles, having basically all of the characters from the entire series playable, the fantastic survival mode that Hoptimus mentions. So what Capcom needs to do is they just need to make us a new final fight doing exactly that. That would be stupendous. Right? Not, not, I not really that wish that would happen. Streetwise stuff. Please. <laughs> hey, <laughs> let's, not, let's not even talk about any of the spinoffs or sequels to that game because oh. none of them hold any water to the original. Oh. Just pretend those don't exist. If they could do something that is like the recent Ghouls and Ghosts game, that I mean, it doesn't have to look like the recent Ghouls and Ghosts game, but kind of like still try to keep it to its. You know, gameplay roots root. relatively tight. Yeah, or make it more modern. Maybe add more stuff. That'd be great. I mean, I mean, it feels like a tall order at this point, and I don't know. Like, I'm still blown away by just how good Street Fighter Six is, and yeah. there's clearly enough love for Final Fight present there that, like, I'm not going to completely write it off as an impossibility, but I'm still going to say it's really unlikely that they would do that, even though I truly wish they would. Um, as far as sleeper, uh, that's a tough one. And I'm torn between two things. Number one, it's not really a sleeper to us because we know it's a fantastic game, but for some fucking reason, Capcom keeps this really stupid lid on alien versus predator. And that is hands down probably the cream Uh, of the crop as far as all the final fight alike. Clones. I think that's a licensing issue is what keeps that from being bigger than it is. But it came out on that cabinet, though. Yeah, it came out on that stupid Capcom stick that's only out in the European regions. So maybe that has something to do with it. I I just... It ba- it blows it, my mind. I just I wish we would get like a if they would just issue like a proper explanation, that would yeah. be great. Like just tell me why you can't re-release it. You know what I mean? I mean, but but it's on uh, that stupid stick system, so that tells me they can do it. It's just in Japan and in the U.S., it, they're not making much of an effort. Maybe to bring it out. the license for Alien and Predator in the U.K. Is different somehow. It's different than, yeah, because, I mean, just looking at the legal battle that, say, Microsoft had to go through with this whole acquisition of Activision and the, what they had to go through in the U.S. versus the U.K. versus China versus Japan, like, right. you know, the IP rights for different properties are different. So, yeah, that's probably part of it. But, yeah, that game was... I mean, when Capcom was firing on all cylinders, they had a string of killer beat-em-ups. I mean, AVP... Punisher, the Dungeons and Dragons games, Armored Warriors, Armored Warriors. They had so many Warriors Mm -hmm. and Dinosaurs. Oh, dude, Cax and Dinosaurs. The the Punisher. Yeah, all of those were just fun. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of those you can get on the um, Capcom Anthology collections, but Uh, the licensed ones, no. Yeah, Yeah. Arcade Stadium. Yep. One and two. So, anyway. I'm torn between ADP for my sleeper and another game 
that is called Ninja Baseball Batman. Which, if you haven't spent any time with it, I forgot, like, that was one of those meme games that I would just fire up once in a while, and I'd be like, oh, this is stupidly cool. Like, imagine if 2020 Super Baseball and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles had, like, a weird kid. That's basically Ninja Baseball Batman. Wow. Um, I've never even heard of this game. (laughs) Yeah. So it's really cool. It's really weird. Um, I hope that maybe that'll be one of those hamster releases. Because it feels like it could be one of those. Um, But yeah, that's that's my like, like... actual sleeper like adp is not really a sleeper for beat em up people it's just no. in legal limbo um but ninja baseball batman on the other hand that is some really fun shit and i also like it it appeared as a mr core so naturally i was just like Ugh. um yeah. fired up for that one overrated um i'm very fascinated Optimist, but not surprised that you mentioned Shredder's Revenge just because, like, I understand, like, a little bit of what it lacks from an intensity standpoint, especially since you love Streets of Rage and Final Vendetta. However, I'm going to throw the middle finger back in time, and I'm going to say that the original... Konami Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles arcade is hands down one of the most overrated. Yeah, that, I I wasn't impressed with that game when it came out. I mean, I it was cool because it was Ninja Turtles, right? But it's not fun. No, it's definitely. And playing it now, it's you can. It's apparent, like super apparent. Right, it's a quarter-eaten bitch. Yeah, yeah. Like, I would also, I would also <laughs> throw the Simpsons arcade I, game on that bus. I, too. I begrudgingly agree with both of you, Simpsons and TMNT. Just they're just not that fun. I mean, they are meant to suck down quarters. Oh, whereas yeah. I have actually seen somebody beat Final Fight on a quarter. I've and, never seen anybody do anything remotely like that. With the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, yeah, yeah, that's one where the limited. second game was much better, and mm-hmm. the in and the actually arguably the Super Nintendo port of Turtles in Time is even better than the arcade. Both the console ports were better, man. Yeah, that and the Hyperstone Heist, like those games got better at home, you know. But that was also that was also a typical Konami thing because. They were so good at finessing those things. All of the home ports for those games were pretty fantastic in that time. I mean, that's also, like, you talk about Capcom's heyday. Like, Konami in the late 8-bit and 16-bit era. Oh, Lord. (laughs) Everything they touched, like, if they gave it their full attention, so many of those games were just little masterpieces. Yeah, I, I mean, there's a lot of uh, untouched uh, nowadays uh, side scroll beat em ups from Konami, like uh, Mystic Warriors and Violence Fight and mm-hmm. Morphic Force. Like games people never heard of, but if you played them, you would really appreciate and them. And they have their fair share. I mean, the X Men arcade game, while not a great beat em up, was visually fun and super, like, 
wore its heart on its sleeve on its influence from the 70s and 80s X-Men comic books. Yeah. No, I mean, they were brilliant at, like, harvesting the soul of those licenses, right? Yeah. Yeah. But sometimes, <laughs> yeah. It, I, I can see what you guys... I mean, TMNT, Simpsons, great great licenses, but kind of shallow gameplay. I think, yeah. it, well, it's yep. also too hard. <laughs> they were just, uh, you know, catnip for the operators, right? Yeah. Getting four players at a time, everybody dumping they, like ten bucks in it to get through it. Machines for sure. <laughs> I would say that Capcom was better at making the gameplay more engaging and learnable for the players on mm-hmm. those licensed beat 'em ups than Konami was. Konami was definitely more of a let's just get something <laughs> out there and they can dump as many quarters as they want to to finish this game. Yep, big time. I mean, even Sega, we didn't even bring them up, but I mean, Sega had the Golden Axe games in the arcade. Those are beat-em-ups, and they were doable to a point. I mean, I don't know. I've never seen anybody clear Golden Axe 1 on a quarter. It might be possible, but, you now, know, you nowadays, could probably do it. I've seen people do it on Twitch, but, yeah, oh back in God. the day. That's crazy. Yeah. But see, that was even a thing where, like, I actually thought the Genesis version of Golden Axe played better. Yeah, there's it, a lot of people that agree with stage. that. Yeah, yeah, Genesis version. So, and it was just faster. Like it felt more responsive overall than you know, the arcade original. I was surprised you weren't gonna say Altered Beast was overrated too, because I know <laughs> uh, that was almost more like. I feel like that game was almost more like a tech demo, both for the Sega 16 arcade hardware and yep. the Genesis. Like, yep. it, it, they were just trying to show off what they could do with that amount of memory and that fast ROM speed yeah. to show how quickly they could show the game change and those loading screens. I mean, there was nothing like that up until that point. But I, I know James didn't doesn't. I mean, are you still... And it doesn't have a single combo. There's no yeah. combos in that game. No. Yeah. But as a kid, I just liked the... the it was no, for real, and, yeah. And the voices. No, it was cool. In the arcade, and The first though. time you turn into the werewolf or whatever, you're like, this is so cool. Yeah. <laughs> but, and then you turn old. into the bear, and you're like, yeah, yeah. this sucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hey, what do you want to do at stage four? Shit, I don't know. Maybe a bear? <laughs> Super slow bear. What was that conversation like? And he blows a bubble. <laughs> and he looks so cute when he gets knocked down. He's all like... Uh-huh. Uh, there's always time to shit on Altered Beast. <laughs> There's never been an Altered Beast 2, right? Nope. No, but there was one for Game Boy Advance. Yes, I that remember that. And yeah, I, let's not talk about that. I think yeah. there was also a shitty... Wasn't there like a 3D PS2 one? Yes. I think the Ages was Wasn't it like uh, the Sega Ages thing? Yeah, where it was like... It was the arcade game, but done with... 3D graphics not very well. Uh, you know, is, this is yeah. this is slipping into the memory hole, but honestly, like I feel like it might have been one of those really shitty, like fully 3D realized for the console things. Yeah. Like remember that Shinobi reboot? They uh 
they yeah, did the 3D yeah, Shinobi game for PS2. Yeah, and it turns I think it was more game. along those lines. But I don't know. But uh, they also had Golden Axe Rider, I think, for Oof. Xbox. Uh, <laughs> uh, man, that, see, that's why I had such trepidation for uh, Streets of Rage 4 because of all the stuff Sega did to us back then. All the then. letdowns over yeah, the years. Right. Three, yeah. uh, the outrun for Sega Ages as well. and just uh, No, I mean, that's why we were also skeptical yeah, when they announced the Streets of Rage 4. I was like, oh. Yeah. Oh. But, they're but very thankfully, fortunate. we were proven so wonderfully yeah. wrong. Not only that, Lizard Cube did a great job. So, I mean, they gave it to the right person. I mean, right. So, that's <laughs> if you're going to do that, at least give it to someone who really cares about your franchise. Yes. Well, gentlemen, um, I knew this was going to be a damn good time talking about this specific stripe of games with y'all because I know that it's near and dear to both of you, myself included. Um, Optimus, do you have anything that you would like to plug right now? No, just uh, keep listening to our fun shows on Ruminations Radio Network. Check out the Retro Futures Culture podcast. I mentioned some movies on this episode, and yes, the Warriors will be coming to RFC, where I'm going to break down that whole film, talk about Walter Hill and his craziness. So stay tuned for that. And uh, thank you, gentlemen, for hosting me here at Ogata Hurts. Come out and play. <laughs> Uh, Game Agent ET, you got anything to plug? Uh, Instagram, Game Agent ET, and buy the Double Dragon collection when it comes out in November. Oh, I'm I'm buying it, Eddie. You don't have to tell me. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> that's coming out on all systems. And also, Ninja Saviors Return of the Warriors, buy that on Steam. That just came out I, this month. I, okay, I have um, whatever the Switch port is. Yeah, you can get Pocky Rocky Reshrined as well. Like in a, I'm gonna get bubble. that on my PlayStation. Yeah, yeah. but nice. Check those out. Uh, as always, gentlemen, an absolute delight. Um, thanks everybody for tuning in to another episode of Oh God It Hurts. This has been the Beat 'Em Up Special. Um, remember. Uh, a really good one is one that you're going to play until you stop continuing and you actually figure out how to beat the whole damn thing. Yeah. That's how it is. Bye, bye Final Vendetta. Bye Final Vendetta. Bye Ninja Saviors. <laughs> make Eddie happy. Make, make uh, Hopkins happy too. <laughs> bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.